0: The emotions of a football game are like a roller coaster, and what we're trying to do is kind of smooth that out and create a great fan experience. Are you ready?
1: Game day. It's a collective moment in time, and also a deeply personal experience for fans at Mosaic Stadium. My earliest memories were of Gaynor with his signs ramping up everybody at Old Taylor
2: Field. I can't even put into words how amazing and explosive a game day is.
3: Because it's a family thing, I get to hang out with all my family members, and it's just been a tradition since we moved to Saskatchewan.
4: We started at the Old Taylor Field there, and now we get this beautiful stadium here, so just getting them to enjoy it. and just cheer for the riders because I feel like it's it's a thing we got here in Saskatchewan that you want to pass down to your kids.
1: Long before fans get to enjoy this moment, the famous bring them out team introduction, there are many people working tirelessly to deliver the ultimate fan experience. From getting the field ready to perfecting the lights, cameras and sound, there is an art to making football much more than a game. I am Daniela Ponticelli, the host of Air It Out, a Saskatchewan Rough Rider podcast. For this episode, I was on the move inside Mosaic Stadium, meeting many of the busiest people getting ready for the Labor Day Classic.
0: Welcome to the control room. There's the rack room back here, which is essentially the brains uh, behind all the different computers and machines.
1: This control. is Seth Strangman.
0: I am the manager of game entertainment and events for the Riders here. Uh, I'm in my second full season um, and happy to be here. My job is everything from the club branded events, um, like Fan Day, we're sitting here today uh, getting ready for fans to come get autographs from all the players. So I oversee that event, other things like Riderville, all the Riderville tours. Uh, and new this year we did ride a rally at the start of the season to kick things off. And then the real core of what we do is game day. When fans come to Mosaic Stadium, everything that you see, that you hear outside of the football is us. (laughs) I don't get to take any credit for the on-field.
1: Seth and I are meeting on the fourth floor Uh, in the media area on the west side. It's a hub of activity on game day.
0: Uh, On this side, it's essentially every camera that we have Wired throughout the stadium in one place on four giant TVs all split up. Um, sitting behind the director uh, is the replay machines.
1: This is the room where all the magic happens for the Maxtron at Mosaic Stadium. It is the largest world. outdoor screen in Canada. Rider fans can watch the game in real time on the screen, even spot themselves if they're watching closely. They can catch replays of touchdown drives and big hits. It's not only video, hundreds of graphics for in-game contests, sponsorships, messages, and more are shown from pre-game to post.
0: We have a staff of about 35 people on a game day. Now that includes the in-game hosts and camera guys and girls and things like that. But um, in this room physically, there's probably about 15, so...
1: The second room on our tour is used in different ways. It can be a place for members of the social media and graphics teams to do work in-game if needed. What stands out, though, is a very large map on the back wall. It's an overhead construction drawing of Mosaic Stadium, pockmarked with thumbtacks and sticky notes.
0: We were using it to plan out our dactyl cam line. We've used it uh, to map out all the different breakout boxes and where we can have cameras set up. It looks aggressive, and it kind of is, (laughs) to be completely honest. But on any given rider's home game, we have between 8 and 12 manned cameras or people cameras. And then on top of that, we have probably another 15 POV cameras. So whether they're little marshals that look like GoPros or our fancy uh, cable camera, they're all mapped out on here too.
1: You mentioned the dactyl camera. Just describe what that is, because I know people have seen the video side of it, but exactly what is the dactyl camera?
0: Yeah, it's really cool. It's a brand new piece of technology in in the sports world anyways. They started out in Seattle with the Mariners, and we were really the first football team on both sides of the border uh, to dabble in this and play with it. Essentially what it is is a clothesline, and it's a point-to-point cable system of two cables, and it gives you a 2D flight path for a sled which pulls a wireless camera with it so basically we have one operator and at the start of the game everything gets turned on tested a little bit of a flight we change the batteries to make sure that we have enough to get us through the game and we're not stranded out in the middle of the clothesline but it's one operator and he has the full range of the stadium and we were fortunate to find a flight path that was right down the sidelines flies right over the visitor's bench Uh, it gives us a really unique angle at a lot of football but my personal favorite selfishly I love I love the the fan shots and being able to fly over the crowd especially on Labor Day that's what I'm really looking forward to.
1: The dactyl cam is operated remotely from the room Seth and I are in on the fourth floor. The operator uses foot pedals to control the camera's side-to-side motion, while a hand control is used for its pan, tilt, and zoom. In the next room, the PA booth, there are even more camera operators, including one whose job is to have a view of all 24 players on the field at all times. This room also has some serious audio technology designed to make the sound experience better for fans
0: we invested in a pretty fancy software we put microphones throughout the stadium and they feed back real-time data to this monitor right here so we have four microphones that we put throughout the stadium um, and we're able to change it up depending on the hot spots or areas of concern and on that monitor you'll see just like this the four bars and they're going up and down and giving us a big reading number so we try to stay in what we've determined is the zone that we we uh feel comfortable with and uh trying to keep that atmosphere going throughout the game as well and so at the end of the game i can print out a report exactly showing the energy of the game it's really cool it's a low arc that starts to build and gets higher as the game goes on it's like a a way to physically see the energy in the building. And my favorite part is you can see the spikes and the spikes are always the fans. The fans are at least 20 dB louder than anything that comes out of the speakers here. So you can actually go back through one of those records and you can see where the touchdowns were, where the interceptions were, where the building was extremely loud at the end of the game, hyping um, up the defense. You can just see that right in the, right in the report. So uh, it's great. And so
1: how loud does it get?
0: Our PA system, um, when we're playing music between plays, is generally between 80 and 85 dB which is actually a little bit quieter for for a pro sporting event, but that's okay because our fans, towards the end of last game, when we needed the big stop, uh, it was upwards of 106. And that's with no music coming through the PA because we have to pull out when the huddle breaks. So that was all fans. We end our
1: tour at the spot where you will find Seth every game day, front row by the glass, overlooking the south 40-yard line, alongside the public address announcer, their spotter, an in-house statistician, and the DJ.
0: I sit in the corner there, and I have my laptop with our game script on it. It's a program, it's a software called ShowFlow, and it allows us to digitally on the fly change the order of elements so a game script has anywhere from 150 to 250 elements and it's everything that you could possibly imagine from hello rider nation welcome to mosaic stadium to all right, Rider Nation, we'll see you next time. Thanks for coming tonight. So my job is to sit there and call through the script as the game is happening. Pre-game gets pretty intense, especially when you have flyovers. You give the Canadian Armed Forces an exact time, like down to the second. The pressure's kind of on to hit your timing <laughs> with everything like the anthem and things like that.
1: This is what it sounds like on game day, with Seth calling out the script, heading into bring them out.
0: Standing by mark. And go, Mark.
4: Land after
0: this. Here comes our junior uh, flag guy. Go ahead, please, Mark and Sabine. Quick, quick. All right, let's go. Land acknowledgement, please. We acknowledge
4: that Mosaic Stadium is
0: situated Just on Just the game day graphic. Just lands. the game day graphic.
4: territories of the south Dakota, Lakota, and Dakota, and on the homeland of the Métis Here comes the
0: visitors. Send the visitors. Go ahead with your read, please, Daryl. Rider Nation, please welcome... The winnipeg blue bombers okay guys we're almost back on track here we're a few seconds short just letting the fans cheer for a little bit here or jeer whichever way you look at it standing by the labor day classic trailer that's sot coming your way in three two one go hey friends coming out of this let's be nice and choppy with our bells and bring them out today please nice and quick Do we have the honor guard mitch cook can you bring the honor guard right up to the sidelines please hold hold them on the hold them on the uh white strip there please yeah we're gonna send them early early is good here since we're a bit behind here come the bells let's go fellas Nice and Hasty here. Let's go, let's go. Bring them out, bring them out. Nice, good job, guys. We're gonna get a bit of time back here, guys, with jumping into the starting lineup a little bit early. Mitch, and go, Daryl. Rider Nation,
2: please welcome your
0: 2023 Saskatchewan Rock Riders! Mitch, send the anthem, send the anthem, send the color party. Let's go, let's go. Nice and short of the seat. Standing by the starting lineup here, presented by Sega. Let's go ahead with that opening graphic and go ahead with your read, please, Daryl. Here's
4: today Sega starting lineup for your Rider's
0: offense. Send them,
4: yep. On the offensive line, number 51,
1: Peter Godberg. So, Seth, how did you get into this line of work?
0: I went to school for sport management, uh, and I knew I wanted to be in sport, but to be completely honest with you, I was one of those fans that just showed up at sporting events, and lights were on, music was playing, the game happened I had a great time, and I went home and never really put any thought into all of the work and preparation and planning and execution that goes into those game days. When I was finished school, I was fortunate to uh, to get on part-time with Calgary Sport and Entertainment back in 2012 or 13, seems like forever ago. But I was in a, in a game day capacity with the Calgary Hitmen. And that was sort of my, my door in. And you know that the that summer I got to work with the stamps and then things shifted around I was full-time and I haven't looked back since so I spent about six seasons I think ish in Calgary uh, working with Flames, Roughnecks, Hitman and Stamps and then I spent three years with the Hamilton Tiger Cats I got to uh, uh got to do the Grey Cup there in in 2021 and then I booted myself back over uh, out West here, closer to home, and uh, happy to be here for the last two years. That's
1: so exciting. So you're all done in 2021 with the Thai Cats breakup up. And then of course you come here and we are gearing up for a breakup. up. Is that partly why this was such an attractive role to take over at that time?
0: Yeah, definitely. Grey Cups obviously the the ultimate event for our league. I want it to be closer to home. I was born in Saskatoon, but I grew up in Alberta. Uh, Rider Nation is the best fan base obviously. So that's appealing. Obviously Mosaic Stadium is unbelievable, but yes, the Grey Cup being here is is a ton of fun and especially being able to throw that Riderville Grey Cup party. That was a, that was a big piece of the decision too.
1: Oh my gosh. So you were responsible for all of that?
0: I I get to take a little bit of the credit. My event coordinator, Eva did a ton of work as well. So it's a, it's a team effort. We have a great group of volunteers that help us run that event too. So a lot of credit to all the folks that helped us too.
1: All right. So take me through sort of the life cycle of a season because planning, I know begins way in advance. I just kind of want to know when do you get a break (laughs) if you get a break and then how does it kind of go to get uh, set up for the next year?
0: For sure. This is a question I get even from my parents. They still don't know what I do. <laughs> um, no, uh, our, our break, if we get one, is is generally from about Grey Cup to Christmas. And then as soon as the CFL releases the schedule, that's kind of when the, the planning begins. And I will say with the riders here, it is a very, very well thought out marketing approach. We do a lot of research into the demographics, the fan base, and we have a strategy of the the folks and the groups that we want to target for the upcoming season. Um, So a lot of that marketing happens right away in the winter. And then the biggest step for me in our our department is theme game planning. So we take all that research and and our our objectives and goals for the season and we do a very collaborative theme game planning day. Basically we have the whole brand team split off into different groups. We do a lot of individual brainstorming uh, and then we all come back together, present and then from there I put forward a proposal and and away we go. We start reaching out to bands as early as February. Um, We start mapping out all of our preseason events like Green and White Day and booking facilities and venues and all that sort of good stuff and really it is just full planning from January all the way through till March when things get very real very fast (laughs) that's when all the events start happening is is may and then all of a sudden you're sitting here on labor day weekend looking back going like what the heck happened here (laughs) the real busy point is certainly before the preseason game believe it or not for us it's all dusting off the equipment turning everything back on so honestly there's a lot of work that goes into preseason on our end and we use that game as sort of a benchmark and, and make sure that we're ready to rock and roll for home opener so there's about depending on the schedule about three weeks of insane Uh, hours and long nights and things like that but it's all worth it when we kick off on home opener Um, and then throughout the season you're just kind of going game by game Um, there are a few games like lights out where your focus is a bit further uh, down the road so we've had the planning for lights out uh, in the works for a month or so now and takes about a month and a half two months to get that one hammered out but for labor day for example we've got the triple header of concerts as we like to call it so those bands were booked uh, a while ago once you get those booked it becomes hotel hotels and transportation and where are we going to host them and food and drinks and all that fun stuff so it's a lot of coordination but to be completely honest this year we were fairly organized I like to think so uh, we had a lot of that done in advance so uh, this week has been a lot of lights out for me to be honest with you
1: in your opinion what makes a great game day
0: it starts with the football for sure. The fans are in a better mood uh, when the team's winning and vice versa. But honestly, our job is to ride the waves of energy in the crowd and to help amplify that. Although we're doing a podcast and I can't draw this for you, but um, the emotions of a football game are like a roller coaster. And what we're trying to do is kind of smooth that out and create a great fan experience. So even if things don't necessarily go our way on the field, we want people to walk away saying, hey, I had a great experience. My kid got their face painted. We got to meet this at Party in the Park. Uh, She saw Gaynor ripping around in the cart after the (laughs) touchdowns. And there was this one big play or whatever it may be, right? The way I look at game day, we're presenting a buffet to fans and football is always going to be the meat and potatoes probably. But there's all the extra little cherries on top that come with it, whether it's music, whether it's the face painters, whether it's the bands, whatever that may be, all of those things are designed to give all the different demographics a little taste of what they want.
1: So you mentioned the Lights Out game, that's very popular here in Rider Nation. I want you to describe it, but also why logistically that might be a bit more work than some of the other games.
0: We're we're fortunate to have LED lights in our facility that allow us to turn them on and off just like you do your lights at home. So we're able to utilize that ability to create a fun game day theme and atmosphere that you don't necessarily see in a lot of other sporting events, particularly football. There are certain points throughout the game where we really emphasize the lights out theme. So just before bring them out, just before the team hits the field, we do a big light show. So the lights will go off just before the visiting team to create that, uh, that drama and uh, get our fans ramped up for the visitors. And then after they hit the field, we have a really cool show that happens and it's really quick, but essentially we have a whole bunch of additional light fixtures on top of the field of play lights and they are all time-coded. So we spend weeks um, building the show, essentially. It's no different than like a concert or a rock show or something like that. And it's really cool, We, we sit down, uh we map out our our we storyboard the lights we do all that sort of planning and then once that creative side is done uh, it goes into production and our in-house lighting Uh, team takes that and they start like I said time coding every single fixture and and uh, you could spend all year on this it could be a full-time job if you wanted it to be because each of the field the play lights can be coordinated individually if you wanted all the different uh, pixels on some of the fixtures down there can be different too so it's pretty intense it's a long production for a very short amount of time but completely worth it and then new this year we uh we added onto our plate uh, a halftime concert we've taken on the task of time coding to to the tracks there too so i do think that the halftime shows is mini gray cup-esque with some dancers coordinated lights and the stage and all sorts of things like that
1: The Lights Out game is the next Riders home game on Friday, September 15th, and we know now Tesher is the halftime performer. If you're in the crowd for any Rider home game, you are already familiar with our next guest.
4: I am Daryl Brace, and I'm the PA announcer for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders.
1: If you couldn't tell by that silky smooth voice, how long have you been doing this?
4: This is my 13th year.
1: I caught up with Daryl an hour before kickoff on Labor Day Sunday. His view is incredible four floors above the south 40-yard line in a beautiful, temperature-controlled room. It's quite the upgrade from historic Mosaic Stadium.
4: Old Taylor Field, it was a lot different. Um, you would have weird things dripping on you, the lighting. I, I had uh, duct tape holding the crack, holding the window in front of me together so I wouldn't uh, freeze. There was a baseboard heater below my counter. And then uh, so I would be sweating from the below the waist and then freezing above the waist because the big draft coming in and, but uh, I, I still miss that place.
1: There's no denying Daryl loves what he does. He lives in Mooseman, Saskatchewan, about 220 kilometers Southeast of Regina. Some weekends, like Labor Day, he will stay in the Queen City. But otherwise, he drives nearly two and a half hours each way on game day.
4: I get here about uh, two hours before kickoff and I go over my script and uh, make sure I know how to say a lot of the tricky names, which sometimes I'm not that great at, but uh, I do my best. So yeah, and then uh, and then we let it rip.
1: Yeah, you've got a spotter with you, and so you work as a group to make sure that you're getting all the plays, the down distance, and of course, what's happening so that you can talk to the crowd.
4: Yes, my spotter helps me out a a lot. uh, There's a lot of times where there's so much happening, I can't see who made the tackle or who made the catch, and uh, the spotter helps me out a lot.
1: So after 13 seasons, or now in 13 seasons. Any games in particular, or moments in particular that stand out to you?
4: I've done some interesting games. There's been some fantastic games, like the last game at the old Mosaic Stadium. That's that's very special to me. Um, there's always there's also been some tough games too. Um, after Humboldt, the tribute having the players here. Um, the games after COVID when we came back. It's, it, uh, they're, they're memorable as well, but maybe not for the the right reasons. But uh, yeah, and of course, 2013, the Grey Cup. That was, that was great.
1: And what is your favorite aspect of game day? I know it must be a little different because you get to be the voice of the field, of the stadium, but what makes game day special?
4: When we're bringing them out. That's, that's my I really get pumped up for that. I really, really enjoy that. Um, and of course, when we win, that's always fun too. Um, the fans, they really, really stepped it up. It remind me of the old days at uh, the old Mosaic Stadium, the last game when we beat BC, they were very loud and very into it. So those games are really special. And hopefully there's more of those coming up.
3: By Capital Auto Group. We are so excited to see you all here.
1: Another familiar voice is in-game host Sabine Ahmed. Sabine is a television weather anchor in Regina. This season, she joined in-game host Mark Johnston, who started in 2019, to expand the game day experience. As a longtime Rider fan herself, Sabine says it's the crowd that makes her game day great oh my gosh
3: honestly it is a big part of it is rider nation you know how amazing they are we always brag about how great our fans are but they are just so enthusiastic so
1: welcoming so friendly so kind that's
3: that's a big part of it
1: and so getting involved this year what is the game day vibe like for you when you finally get to step in and you start welcoming in the crowd i want to joke and say you black out for a second because you don't even like realize
3: when you're down on the field you hear the crowd Having been a season ticket holder for years, you're in the crowd, you hear how loud it is, but when you're down on the field hearing how loud it is, I think it's just another level of feeling that energy and that vibe, and you're just channeling it all in when you're ready to
1: ready to kick things off for the crowd. Right now, it is loud. We hear the Ryder pep Band. I mean, when you are actually getting a chance to do your work and you're getting cues in your ear, what is that like? Uh, Well, I mean, I think it kind of helps
3: having worked in television and media before, right? So I think it's easy, but again, you're so sidetracked with what's happening during the game because again, you want to be watching the game and cheering on the team, but at the same time, you want to be making sure you're hitting the right cues, getting the right, during the timeouts, making sure, because of course, fans don't want to be hearing you. They're focused on the game. They're
1: not here to watch you, they're here for the game. I love that part of it, the fact that there's always entertainment weaved in just kind of for everyone. What are some of the games that you're often playing with fans? Uh, I Well, I think the nice thing is, is that Mark and I do switch on and
3: off a lot. I mean, I think for me, the Tim Horton Cup Shuffle is one of my favorite ones because I always want to get a kid playing it because you see how excited they are for winning. And I think also just, I think like obviously the toss the rock is a great one because you actually see fan interaction coming out on the field and actually tossing the football, which is something, how often do fans get to do that on the field, right? Honestly, it's just—it's been an incredible experience. Like I said, I think you grow up coming to these games, and it's—it's it's just been so ingrained in your community memory. Like when you've when you've been here, so when you get to be a part on the other side, I think it's just—it's incredible, and I'm so grateful that I get to be a part of it. I'm chatting with you right before
1: the Labor Day Classic. Are you? Is there some added energy? <laughs>
3: Um, I, I won't lie when I saw it was sold out I had a moment of anxiety because I was like wait that's a lot of people but again I think Mark had some great advice for me when I first started and I think it's you're, you're there for the game you're there for the fans and at the end of the day that's all it is you're there to make it a good experience
1: for the fans.
3: So make sure you stop by to get their autograph or get yourself a limited edition rider cheer
1: kit. Sabine is right. Rider Nation is the heartbeat of game day. It's even more obvious at fan events, like the one before the Labor Day Classic, where everyone in green and white comes together to meet and greet with players and also just be with other fans.
2: I am Nathan Clairhew, and I've been a fan, I guess you can say, pretty much my entire life. It It was just part of my blood.
1: Game days are obviously very special to you. What is it about the atmosphere well, now at New Mosaic, but even before at historic Mosaic uh, Stadium, what is it like for you?
2: Oh, it's uh, just the atmosphere. You know, you got like 30-some-odd thousand of your best friends. They're all cheering together. They're all partying. Everyone's doing the same thing for the same reason. I can't even put into words how amazing and explosive a game day is. It's, it's, it's something else.
1: And what is your game day ritual when do you get here and where do you sit all of that
2: well my game day ritual starts pretty early in the morning let's just say for example tomorrow labor day game i'll probably be up at about 7 a.m just getting all my gear together my makeup my uh, my tattoos my clothing uh and then we we probably about a couple hours before the actual party begins uh, i start putting my makeup on and then uh, once we get here, we, we go right to the party in the park because it's, it's just that is in itself is, is, is like a second game day. It's, it's something else. And then we come right to the stands and I'm section 134. I'm right in the front row, right by the riders, and I cheer loud and proud.
1: That's Rider Nation, loud and proud. I spot a couple taking pictures of the players' walkthrough from the concourse at the south end zone, Brenda and Brad. They are both wearing Saskatchewan Rough Rider jerseys with the number 46 and bring them out on the nameplates.
5: His idea. He wanted to get a new jersey. Didn't know what player to get because they, we have the luck that they keep getting traded as soon as we get a number. So we just picked 46 and bring them out, and we've had them for quite a few years. Yeah, five, six at least. So I'm here asking about game day. What do you love about the
1: atmosphere here on game days? Oh, that
2: is just so electric. I think everybody looks forward to this game just because of what it is.
1: Now, I don't know if the jerseys are a giveaway, but what, Brenda, is your favorite part of the game?
5: Everything. I love the hits, like especially the big tackles. That's one of my favorites. Bring em out is up there. Yes, I've got the song. I used to have the song as my ringtone. and. Yeah, and Labor Day weekend, being able to go down to the field, um, we've, we just had our 35th anniversary and we want to get our picture taken on the 35-yard line. We did it for our 25th and our 30th, so this year we're hoping to get it done on the 35.
1: There are also new fans coming through, building memories at Mosaic Stadium. I'm Elise.
0: Uh, Derek Lake.
1: We have our oldest, Connor, our middle guy, Brooks, and our youngest, Maguire. And you come to a few games a year? Yes, actually we took the kids to their very first game, uh, the last game. It was end of August, right, for the family day game. game. Yeah, and they absolutely loved it. That's fantastic. And what did you like the most about it, especially as parents of three young kids?
4: For me, like my grandpa played for the Riders back in 1942. So just kind of get, like when I was younger, we used to come to games with my parents and just getting them. To, to experience this, and we started at the old Taylor Field there, and now we get this beautiful stadium here. So just getting them to enjoy it and just cheer yeah. for the riders, because I feel like it's a, it's a thing we got here in Saskatchewan that and you want to pass down fun. to your kids. And so
1: it's fun. It's so fun. Yeah, it's they had like such a great time. They got to see Gainer. They got the little Gainer stuffies. They got to watch the game. They were so into it. It was awesome. Like such a great time. And so today, what's on your plan? Because there's a lot you can do today. Yeah, absolutely. Well, he wants to do the face painting. Yeah, and uh, probably check out the, the inflatables. Yeah, and, get, and some,
4: get some autographs from the, the riders here and, and yeah. Go
1: down on the, go down on the grass, hey? Yeah. Before they did any of that, okay, the kids had to try out some instruments. Courtesy of the Rider Pep Band. The talented group of about 40 musicians volunteer their time and are staples at every game day, rider fan event,
5: and many, many more. My name is Rhonda Ker-White. I am an original member of the Rider Pep Band. This is our 31st season and we are so excited to be a part of Rider Nation. Today we're representing the uh, team and CKRM in just bringing a bit of fun to Fan Day. You go to so many events. It's incredible. What do you love the most about honestly game days but also events like this? It's playing for the people. Seeing the uh, excitement on their faces, their smiles, making them dance, just having fun and we just love to entertain. So on game days where can we find you in the band? So on game days we will be outside the uh, various gates playing, we'll be in party in the park playing, we could be on the radio, we could be on the field, just everywhere you look we could probably be there. You're getting a chance
1: to interact with young fans, obviously fans who've been here as well throughout the years, What is that part like, that community on game days?
5: It's awesome because a lot of people don't see band instruments very often. And unfortunately, we can't let them play the brass or woodwind, but we can let them bang away on the percussion. And so we've got the bass drum, the snare drum, we've got cymbals and a cowbell today so that they can play around with and have some fun with. And for you to be out here every game day and again at other events too, what does it mean for you, Rhonda? I'm a diehard rider fan. I love music. I love to entertain, Um, you know, and it's all about the fun. the atmosphere the riders have an amazing atmosphere here and it's just fun just absolute fun you have a nice catalog but what are some of the the favorites that you like to play well some of the favorites is shut up and dance and uh, country take me home country roads we do fireball we do final countdown all the rider songs of course celebration was a good one last year for gray cup Um, we're learning some new music this afternoon we have a three-hour rehearsal this afternoon so we're learning some new ones Uh, crazy train stand by me and nine to five so we'll get some new music into the repertoire but we've got about 45 songs in the repertoire already that we can play
1: the elevator area about to head up to floor number four to meet josh shaw i am truly lucky there is even a small window of time for us to get together Josh Shaw is the manager of operations and facilities for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders.
6: I handle uh, the day-to-day around here for the Rough Rider spaces and uh, game days for the most part.
1: He was born and raised in Regina and at about six years old he started experiencing rider game days at historic Mosaic Stadium.
6: When I was younger I was in the rider rookie section then it was section 28 which a lot of those games are a little blurry mm-hmm. uh, but no always, I, I love Taylor Field it's, it was a just an amazing place to watch a football game, the, the atmosphere, the electricity and so many great Labor Day games against Winnipeg. And um, I was like, I played for the Rams for five years. So I played 40 times in that stadium, won some national championships in that stadium. So I had some success. And then so, but moving over here, is it, it just, it's just elevated the experience and all that stuff.
1: Did you already have that fascination with stadia at the time when you were a kid? Was it always something that just kind of, Oh, I want to know how that works.
6: At the time, yeah, Yeah, because you're in the stadium, you're like, oh, boy, like the red and blue and the yellow and the orange seats. And you're like, you're kind of wondering how that works. And then I was fascinated by the turf. And then, you know, and then you go down and you touch the turf and that kind of stuff. So, yeah, from a young age, I was always been strange that way.
1: (laughs) Strange, maybe. But Josh has managed to make a career of it. Now, an important note for context. You will hear Josh talk about real which stands for Regina Exhibition Association Limited. Mosaic Stadium is owned by the city of Regina. The city also owns REAL, a not-for-profit that is overseen by a board of directors. REAL operates the stadium and works closely with the Rough Riders on game days, and beyond. Now back to the present, and that meeting on the fourth floor. It's the day before game day when Josh has scheduled meetings with TSN, the official broadcaster. He's also helping the visiting team move in and making sure the field is ready.
6: It's a, it's a litany of things. We have the, you know, the concussion tent, and there's uh, there's stanchions in the end zone. There's pods for everybody for the pregame, like you see. We get the flags ready pregame, <clears throat> just in general, getting getting things ready for game day, making sure TSN's ready. Uh, making helping Rob um, with Rob Harrison with the volunteers and making sure they're ready to go the gates um, I work with security and fire and ambulance and first aid and getting them all set and ready to go and just making sure everybody's set and the officials on game day I'm responsible for them and making sure they get their food and their passes and their cookies and all that fun stuff that we try to bribe them with so we hopefully get a call or two in a game
1: <laughs> he's joking everyone he's absolutely joking when does game day start for you if you have a five o'clock kickoff like you will for the Labor Day Classic
6: yeah I'm in usually about seven Seven or eight, so I get here early and make sure um, you know, everything's ready to go, everything's locked. And uh, working with real on the other side with our operations team, they'll set up the gates. Uh, our security team will show up six hours before, so getting them into their spots. Um, the visiting team will show up at two o'clock and making sure their doors are open and they have all their supplies and their towels and their water and working with gordy and making sure all his sideline stuff and make sure that the f- sideline fans are ready and i have a group of 20 guys called the f troop have been with the club for for years and years and through uh through hugh and mccain it's a great thing that they started and you know, without volunteer based groups like those guys on a game day, we can't do what we do. Those are the guys that push out the pylons and they get the flags out and they're put, you know, they're driving gainer around the whole game and <laughs> all that fun stuff and getting all, you know, the halftime acts ready and, and all that fun stuff on game day. So without those guys we're we we can not do what we do. So we rely heavily on those groups and they're they're so awesome.
1: All right, Josh, how long have you been doing this job, and what do you find the most rewarding about it?
6: I started in 2019, um, so I came in late in the season. Um, I, I think I, the last two games of the 19 season. And then in, and then we had COVID, of course. So I think I, by by 2021, I'd been here for three years and had done two games. So that was a little <laughs> awkward and weird. So uh, it's been nice to settle in the last couple of years, last year and this year and um, just the other you know, game. This rewarding part is um, – the delivery and making sure everybody has a good time and making sure, you know, everybody has a great experience. That's what we're all about here is delivering an experience for the fans and everybody has a good time on game day and uh, making sure they just that everything goes well.
1: I'm just laughing because it's like, what, what are the chances, right? That you come here and you do this in 2019 and then there's just no season the next year. So during that time, I take it though, you were able to really get a hang of what you do want to be able to do when it's go time.
6: It was a good opportunity to reset as a club. Um, you know, find some efficiencies. Really, that's what we had to do, obviously, with COVID and resources weren't what they were. But it gave us an opportunity to reset, um, just look at some things from a different perspective, and find some ways to do things better. So that gave us 18 months to really evaluate what we were doing. And um, yeah, being awkward here, like when we weren't here, it was. was There's some weird days when you're the only person in a you know a 33,000 seat stadium for for months and months. But little depressing, but I I certainly can't wait till Sunday when we have a full place because we certainly missed it during that time. So it'll be very cool.
1: Yes, getting to a sold out Labor Day classic. What are some of the things that obviously people don't really see that are are absolutely the most important parts of game day?
6: There's things that people wouldn't even know, like we we, we take care of the transit so we make sure we have enough buses. We up our buses obviously for, for Labor Day because it's a bigger crowd than normal. Um, We work with the Turvey Center for Parking out there. That's a new initiative that we started a couple years ago. and It's gone great for the people, especially from Saskatoon that come down. It's a quick place to park the car and on the way out, they can zip out and not have to worry about parking on site. So we make sure we have those things lined up and ready to go. But the big thing is you know, with Rob Harrison and his group is getting the gates ready so people have efficient entry, um, working with security, making sure we have all the protocols, making sure we have the right credentials out to the right people. So just making sure you're doing all that work. So then on game day, like I said, today's a busy day. Like the week leading up is is your work when you're preparing and doing all that stuff and you're running around and moving stanchions and all the stuff that isn't pretty. (laughs) But on game day, you're just, you know, everything's pretty smooth. You're hoping that everything's smooth. Things always come up, but it's putting out a fire here. there but usually it goes pretty smooth if you're doing your job correctly.
1: I always love asking that question you know when do you feel like you've done a good job in just making everything happen the way that it needs to?
6: When I walk out of here. (laughs) (laughs) No you really because every game day is different it's like a Labor Day game is gonna be a lot different than the game you know on the 15th against Edmonton or the season opener they're all they all have their unique um, intrinsic things but um, every game day is different so that's always comes with different challenges but it makes it fun you know if every game day was the same it would be pretty monotonous and boring we wouldn't love our jobs so that's the fun part of our game days they're always different we have different things going on there are different challenges every game so uh, the exciting thing is like working on those things to get where you can get better and finding things where, like, hey we didn't do that great last game let's get better at that so it's a 10 game season so you got 10 chances so hopefully you're better week like the team you're hopefully you're getting better by week 10 than you were you know in week one
1: well-oiled machine. Of course, you get to start in nice weather in sort of the June June time, and then it goes into October. It's a little bit different. When you talked about challenges, what are some of those challenges?
6: The, just, well, it's the weather. Like last year, Great Cup was amazing for us all, but again, there was weather challenges that people didn't see it was snow on the field. So you're working with contractors to clear the field every day for practices and workouts and getting sideline heaters lined up and clearing parking lots across the street and setting up tents in minus 40 weather and all that fun stuff and, you know, setting up a halftime show and putting up scaffold and all that fun stuff that people don't see behind the scenes. But uh, the weather was a challenge, but it was an amazing week and an experience that uh, I think we all really appreciated and, and we're grateful for, and uh, but happy to see it go and ready to do it again probably in, you know, five, six, seven, eight, nine years.
1: <laughs> As there's so much when you think of, of what has transpired since 2019 since you started here. Just out of curiosity, what were you doing before you joined
6: the Riders? Yeah, so I was. I actually worked at Real. Um, I was the first uh, director of stadium operations. So I started that position in 2017 and then worked up until 2019. Before that, I did. Uh, I worked in concerts and entertainment, so I booked the concerts over there and saw some really cool stuff. So, done a lot of different work, and, and uh, but all stuff related to you know the stadium, the facility more in the past six, seven years, which has been exciting and still a lot to learn. Like I've been in this building since the beginning, but there are still things I'm learning about the facility, about the people, how it how it operates, efficiencies, how it doesn't operate, and trying to make things better. So it's been interesting. So it's been a nice transition from the stadium piece and and looking over the stadium then working with the riders now is I got to see both sides of it. So it's neat that I can see, you know, how it operates from the inside and the outside and kind of see the guts and the, the gore of it all.
1: <laughs> it's fascinating. I'm a huge fan of stadiums. Like if I can get a tour somewhere, I want to do that. Are you the same? Like, are you really yes. uh, whenever you go visit somewhere, you want to go check out some of those facilities? First, if
6: I have an opportunity, I do a stadium. Because we I try to get down to Minneapolis every year and, and do that. And I've done the stadium tour there. Um, I've seen some outdoor hockey games in Ottawa with my old old life and my old job out in Ottawa and that was very cool. So just seeing the operations and you learn so much for those groups and, and so we have other teams come here and we'll tour them through. and they're interested to see our facilities and how we operate. And the same thing there, it's like when you go on the road, say to Winnipeg or, or Edmonton or Calgary, it's neat to see what you do and, and learning what other teams do and stealing some of those ideas. And I'm sure they maybe do the same here. <laughs> I would hope that they do, but um, we're lucky in that the facility that we play in is, is so amazing. And we have a lot of advantages here that a lot of teams really don't, but we're, we're lucky to play where we are and this facility just is, is amazing. And I think the players, to the coaches, to the staff, all really appreciate it.
1: What are some of those advantages that you can share with us?
6: The elevators, uh, if you think oh, of yeah. the number one comes to mind the old place, you have to remember the old stairs and the ramps and the elevators are a nice touch. There's five elevators in here, so those are nice. Um, just the, 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 the individual seating, the, the things like that. The, te- the TV, the internet, like, the technology pieces that we have. And if you look at our football spaces, they're out of this world, there's tubs and there's the rehab areas and the auditorium. Like the team is so blessed to play where we are. So a lot of advantages here. Um, there's the stadiums like Montreal that just don't have those things. So they have to work probably a little harder and set up a little more infrastructure that we already have in place in terms of what we have for game day like the tv and, and what we do with tsn they can come in here and it's plug and play where other stadiums are probably running cables out to a truck you know a block away so just a lot of great advantage of the stadium and like i said it's a just a great place to be
1: so when was the last time you actually just got to watch a football game when do you get to do that
6: uh before my time here uh, <laughs> probably labor day 2016 but i i love it it's you know you're just being a part of the buzz in the stadium and it's it's elevated on labor day obviously tomorrow i'm looking forward to that but yeah, no, I just look forward to you know every game day is great, whether you know you're in the stands or you're where I am we're down on the field and we're running around doing our thing. But you know, you're close to the action and you can feel the excitement of the buzz, so no, I'm always excited for that.
1: Game day really is worth all the hype when you get a chance to go behind the scenes. And this was just a snapshot.
6: I'm Gordon Gilroy, equipment manager for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. I started with the organization in 2002,
0: being around everybody and hanging out and you know, being a part of some of the biggest wins in Rough Rider history. I just love every aspect.
1: Gordy's story will be featured on an upcoming episode of Air It Out this season. Thank you to everyone who shared their time and experiences for this episode, Seth Strankman, Daryl Brace, Sabine Ahmed, Rhonda Kerr-White, and Josh Shaw. Thank you as well to all the Rider fans who spoke with me on a beautiful day at Mosaic Stadium. New episodes of Air It Out are released every second Thursday. The first six, plus a bonus episode, are already out wherever you listen to podcasts. Let us know how much you like what you're hearing. By rating this podcast and leaving a review, Air It Out is hosted, written, and edited by me, Daniela Ponticelli, with editorial and technical support from Ariel Zur and Blake Tideman. Our podcast graphics are designed by Angela Bailey. Air It Out is a Saskatchewan Rough Rider podcast.